morning, and welcome to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm glad you've made the connection and are with us today. I'm Lori Fitz, your host. And the goal of our show is to explore a wide range of topics that challenge us to see ourselves, our community, and the world around us in ways that get us thinking, get us talking, get us imagining, and perhaps inspired or challenged to do just a bit more because we've made the connection. Our topic today is celebrating Earth Day. Uh, Sometimes we think sustainability is a good practice, a to-do list, Um, like it's something we can just do if we just add a few good habits. But real long-term sustainability is bigger than a to-do list. It's a way of thinking and being that will allow both our humanity and Earth to flourish, and we can make this happen but it takes commitment. Today, I have Rick Bernardo co-hosting with me. Yes, he did all the prep and coordination for the show. So I want to do a big thank you for Rick for all the work that you were doing to to make this happen. (laughs) I won't tell anyone. So tell me about you were as you were preparing the show. What were some of your thoughts in getting this show ready today? Well, I was aware, you know, I've got many years of teaching ethics at a university, and um, I always say you know, when we're thinking about right and wrong behavior, which is what ethics is about, um, context is everything. You know, a, a child stealing a loaf of bread, uh, you know, from Nazis is different. Uh, than Bernie Madoff, you know, stealing millions from institutions trying to help children. It's it's a different kind of theft. Uh, lying to Nazis is not always a bad thing. Uh, lying about overthrowing the U.S. government recently, you know, that's a different context. So what we're talking about for Earth Day and sustainability, it, it occurred to me as we're talking about how we create those contexts of context, how we create the systems, how we create the relationships, the collective behavior, inside of which everything is going to happen. And I can't get much bigger than the planet Earth. I don't think we can determine the fate of the universe, but we can uh, determine what happens uh, with the planet. So that's a big context. <laughs> so that that's what occurred to me. <laughs> Well, you've invited two great guests. We have Terry Gibbs, who is, go- is going to be sharing with us about the Alliance for Sustainability. We also have Frances LaPay, and she is going to be representing not only the wonderful books that she writes, but the Small Planet Institute. Um, welcome. Welcome to you both. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks. It's great to be here. And Frances, we're thank so glad you so you're- much. Thank you. Thank you. In our first segment, we're going to do a little deeper dive um, into the Alliance for Sustainability. Uh, Terry's a nationally recognized sustainability leader. He's a business consultant, author, ecologist, agricultural economist. He's been a speaker for more than 50 years, and he has experience in global environmental leadership, policy, sustainability, development, business management, and consulting. And for all of us who just love Aveda products, he was also... <laughs> And I am a purchaser of the Aveda, and I'm not getting anything from Aveda on that. Uh, did many years with that. And you also uh, consulted uh, for Jimmy Carter way back when. So you come with um, a real passion for the work that you do. Um, so tell me a little bit about the – you helped fu- – uh, comp- actually, you're a co-founder. So tell me how you got this started, this this program. 
Well, I, that's one of the reasons I'm so thrilled that uh, Frances Marlape is with us this morning because she is sort of the seed that got planted uh, and actually brought forth the alliance because uh, I was at the Yale School of Management, and that's uh, way back, 1980, and I uh, had gotten to know uh, Frances Marlape, and uh, she, in her books, which are phenomenal, uh, in Diet for a Small Planet and Food First, she had actually made the point that we have enough food to feed everybody on the planet, but they're political and economic systems that stop people from getting the food they need. And I was talking with her, and I said, you know, Francis, that's absolutely true. Um, but the way we're growing the food is destroying the planet. So is it possible we could feed everybody on the planet without destroying it in the process? And she said, I don't know. Why don't you go find out? Uh. <laughs> and that led me on a journey literally around the world uh, for a year and a half to 45 countries to try to get the answer. And I got the answer. And the answer is yes, absolutely. And the various leaders that I met, we decided to join together and we decided to create a nonprofit called the International Alliance for Sustainable Agriculture. And that was about 40 years ago. And that was 40 years ago. And who was it that we invited to be our opening speaker for the big event and do the un green, green ribbon untying? Francis Moore LaPay. Um, so that was, that was our beginning. And we really focused on uh, sustainable and organic agriculture. We got the first organic standards passed in Minnesota and protected groundwater legislation and banned various pesticides. But perhaps our greatest accomplishment back then was in 1992 at the UN Earth Summit in Rio, where we were able to get all 179 countries attending the Earth Summit to adopt sustainable agriculture as a goal. Wonderful. And that was a huge, huge change. And it was after that that we decided to make a shift to, instead of focusing globally, which we had been doing, to focus on the United States and focus on overall sustainability. So we changed our name and we became the Alliance for Sustainability. And at our 20th anniversary, we invited <laughs> Frances Barlape to come back and we gave her the first sustainability <laughs> award. Um, so uh, it's it's been really wonderful. And then um, just to come to more recent times in, in 2020, uh, in the wake of the global pandemic and uh, the murder of George Floyd, uh, the climate crisis and threats to democracy, we really wanted to go back to our roots and look at, we had been working on resilient cities and communities, and we decided to expand and we developed what we call our She Kindness campaign uh, for sustainability, health, equity, and kindness. And you lead that one. Yes. Well, getting back to as a volunteer. Uh, getting back to how you're defining sustainability as yes. being ecologically sound, economically viable, socially just, and humane, embodying our highest values in terms of how we treat people, animals, and the planet. Yes. And that was really one of the first definitions ever about what sustainability meant. And we still live by that and feel that it's a really powerful way to really understand what we need to do. So your big vision is to envision a healthy, just, equitable, thriving, kind, and peaceful world that works for everyone, fulfills fundamental needs, and realizes the greatest dreams of sustainability. I noticed in your website that you... Um, you refer to Martin Luther King. Yes. Especially with that idea of bringing diversity and a hope together 
of yeah. building a world. Yeah, so we feel that uh, King has played such an instrumental role in our thinking on so many different levels about what's the possibilities. So, yes, his teachings and his example of of being are, have just really been an inspiration for the Alliance. You bring up Beloved Community, and that's my favorite book. Yes. Uh, just an amazing, powerful. He had such insights about the economy. Yes. Um, and and what the, the challenges were in terms of... Uh, the needs of bringing everyone together and that the world is possible. It yes. is possible to have, uh, but it, it's a rethinking of how we govern ourselves even. Absolutely. And I think, you know, it's interesting that I think King's economic message and his anti-war message were the things that got him most in trouble. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and I will just say, Francis Moore uh, had been writing uh, this, doing this great work about diet for small planet and food first, but when she started talking about democracy and about the economic system, that's when controversy really began. So it's, it's. I think those are touchy subjects, and we feel at the alliance, it's really important to talk about them. Uh, in his book on the beloved community, we he talked about how we drink coffee. Um, and it comes to us from South America. You know, we, we have a kinship. You know, we have these products that we bring together that, that create through what we eat uh, a global kinship. Yes. And, you know, one of the things that I think that really stunned us when we were first founded, because we were founded by the Third World Institute um, at the University of Minnesota, which was a, um, an action group of maybe 30 of us that actually began the Nestle boycott in the Infant Formula Action Coalition. But we had uh, read a book by uh, David Weir and Mark Shapiro about the circle of poison, how pesticides that are banned for use in the United States are exported to developing countries poisoning people, destroying the environment there, and coming right back into our food system here. So we are all connected. Well, what, what, what occurs to me about what you're talking about, Terry, is the, the amazing combination of not only the moral values involved, like some obvious things like what would be right and wrong for people, uh, obvious until recently in our history, I guess, but also what works just what will work for people, what functions and what doesn't function. So it's just very practical as yes. well. Yeah, that's the great thing about sustainability. <clears throat> Nobody has achieved sustainability. We're far from getting there, but it's a great North Star. It's sort of a vision of the kind of world that we would like to create. And as part of that, when we developed our She Kindness campaign uh, for sustainability, health equity, and kindness, one of the things that we looked at is where can we make a difference? So one of the three areas where we have programs is on policy, trying to support fundamental changes uh, through public policy and campaigns. The second is with the school program, working with middle and high school students. So we have a phenomenal presentation to try to help students overcome all of this overwhelm and eco-anxiety that they feel uh, and empower them to take action in their lives and in their communities. And give them hope. And give them hope. And then the, the third area uh, is with business. We really feel we need to transform the way we do business. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I want to make sure that the audience gets your website, um, A-F-O-R-S 
AFORS.org. Again, that's AFORS.org. Uh, we'll be referring to that. Uh, but I also want to make sure that we say um, a couple things about Francis. You've, you've been wonderful in being able to give a preview. Uh, Francis Moore-Lapay has authored 20 books, most focusing on themes of living democracy, including Diet for a Small Planet. In 2017, she co-authored with Adam Eichen, Daring Democracy, Igniting Power, Meeting, and Connections for the America We Want. Um, Francis has co-founded the Small Planet Institute and is the recipient of 20 honorary degrees um, and the Right Likelihood Award, often called the Alternative Nobel. So we will be doing a little deeper dive with Francis in our next segment, and I look forward to having our audience continue to join us as we look at what are the opportunities for hope and changing the way that we live and be and connect uh, for the future, to, for sustainability and for beauty and kindness. On Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm Lori Fitz, your host, and Rick Bernardo is hosting with me today. That's me, still. That's right, still. that's right. And we're celebrating Earth Day. Uh, and Earth Day over the years has perhaps taken on new meaning, uh, new import. We know that we're in a crisis right now. Uh, we're in a, a place where um, we've been told that it, it we, if we do not change the ways and practice uh, better sustainability and live in a sustainable mindset, um, we could lose what we have. But my two guests today have a lot of hope and a lot of um, in, a lot of wonderful things for us to be thinking about to to take it in in a deeper way. It's not just a checkoff list. This is something that we can do powerfully to make the world a better place in many ways. Uh, Terry Gibbs joined us in the last segment uh, to discuss the Alliance for Sustainability. Um, and the Alliance for S Sustainability is doing some amazing work. In, uh, it was created about 40 years ago um, by visionaries from around the world with a mission to co-create sustainability on a personal, organizational, and planetary level. This organization was inspired, as we heard uh, from Terry in our last segment, by Frances Moore-Lapay. Uh, Frances had written books. She was an has been and continues to be an inspirational speaker focusing on themes of living democracy, including diet for a small planet. And in 2017, uh, co-writing the Daring Democracy, Igniting Power, Meeting, and Connection. Francis, thank you so much for joining us today. Ah, my delight, my delight. Thank you. And you have made a difference in so many people's lives in terms of rethinking what we mean and what we need to have in a sustainable world, starting with our diet way back when with the, with the first book. The first, I understand um, that you're considered an American original. New York Magazine dubbed you the movement mother, uh, <laughs> while the Smithsonian described the book as one of the most influential, influential political tracts of the times. Gourmet um, magazine named La Paix as one of the 25 people from Thomas Jefferson to Julia Child whose work has changed oh. the way America eats. Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I, I don't know that person. But, well, <laughs> well, and, and Francis, I, this is Rick. Uh, just good to meet you. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Rick, so, thank you. Thank so you, you began the Small Planet Institute in and in believing that ideas have enormous power um, and seeking to identify the core, the often unspoken assumptions, the background, the economic, the political, the psychological. Tell me how mm-hmm. you, you came to some of those conclusions and why you feel so powerfully about them. Well, I started with the question way back when, why are we together creating a world that none of us individually would choose? <laughs> it makes no sense because no one gets up in the morning and says, yes, I want to make another child starve, or yes, I want to heat the planet, or yes, I want to destroy our water, our fresh water, or whatever, yeah. right? So I that took me to this um, believing is seeing um, notion, but it took me to the power of ideas, that we see the world not as it is, but through culturally determined filters. And I wanted to explore that and to understand what is the dominant frame today that we absorb that the idea that we are simply competitors in a marketplace and whatever wins, um, whatever wins out, you know, no matter how destructive, that it's uh, legitimate because the market, that was the market outcome. And uh, so I wanted to challenge that in ways that were empowering. And uh, what are the belief systems, such as this unquestioning belief in the market, um, that offer another way of seeing that every market has rules, every market has assumptions driving it, and we can have, we can still have a, you know, exchange marketplace, but we have to make sure the power is distributed and the decisions that governing, that govern the whether or not uh, the the market is resulting in a livable world, we as citizens have to be able to step up in a living democracy where the voice of our own values and needs are heard. So that's a long answer, but... Um, no, it's a wonderful one. It, it seems to me that underlying a lot of that is the assumption that we do need to have a mutual accountability. and And that mutual accountability isn't always deeply shared and it's the um how do we create the the greater us in terms of accountability yes, absolutely absolutely i say that the three conditions of democracy are the widest dispersion of power so we each have voice and transparency in public affairs and 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 mutual accountability as jo- uh, uh, rabbi joshua uh, Heschel said, some are guilty, but all are responsible. So yeah. I'd like to say, yes, you can point, 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 point right. as much as you want, as long as you come full circle back and, to me, you know. Yeah. And that's how I see it. We're all responsible. And Francis, yeah, I like that distinction between blame and responsibility. It's really useful. The other thing, the upshot of what you're saying here, in short, is if those conditions aren't in living action among us it's not democratic we're not really in a in a living democracy we're in a more of a democracy in name in a lot of areas otherwise yes and i think it's very shocking for americans to grasp that we don't rank among the the distinguished institutions one founded by eleanor roosevelt and another we don't even rank near our who we think our peers in europe say we rank uh 
uh, close to 60th um, in uh, the quality of our democracy. It's, it's on the high 50s. Um, so it, we're not even near our peers. And this is something that is very hard for Americans mm-hmm. to um, Because we're so exceptional, it. right? <laughs> yeah, we're so exceptional. And um, I, I, you know, I'm trying to figure out a way to communicate this in a way that is hopeful because I say to myself in, in my writing sometimes, you know, the worst would be if we were the best. Imagine that. If we yeah, were the best true. and we know all our, all our flaws. It's you know? hard so to, it's really great that we're not the best, you know? It's hard to point uh, to can, blind spots, isn't it? I mean, we, it, it's, yeah. it's like if you have a blind spot, you don't even know you have it because that's the definition. But I think at a deeper level, we know that we can be our better selves. So whether or not we see where we're making our assumptions and we're stumbling over and um, and sometimes choosing greed over what mutual accountability and mutual sustainability could bring forth. But how do we bring forth our better selves? Um, I think that's that to me is one of the biggest uh, challenges. Um, And when we have a divided country, as we do. How do we get through that to look at everyone has the right that we were founded on, mutual right and deserveability, to have that life that, that you mentioned, you wake up and go, this is the life I want. You know, children are, right. are ch- children are happy and we are able to be connected in positive ways and we can create a better world. I mean, I think that there, that, is not, um, that is not naive. It is doable. And I love it that that's what Terry and Lions of Sustainability, the whole MO, if you will, of Terry ever since I've known him, is very much on this, that we're not asking, oh, go sacrifice and suffer. We're saying, look, this is the better world that you can be part of. And we all want to feel that we are making a positive contribution. And here is a pathway to that. So it's invitational. We're not scolds, right? Right. Um, as I say, you know, that, and that's why I love Terry's work. And I want to say, Terry, that I have the, the award that they gave me years ago. <laughs> I have it a place in my house where I see it, see it almost every day. Uh, all so. right. All right. Uh, it's, it, there's mutual admiration, it looks like, between the two of you. Indeed. Uh, indeed. Uh, <laughs> one, I noticed in, on going to your website that some of your biggest accomplishments, of course, are the books that you've written. You've released 10 books. Uh, including that daring uh, democracy, igniting power. Actually, meeting it's and connection. twenty. It's twenty. Twenty. Okay, uh, <laughs> it, but you you've contributed to many other books, and both you and Anna uh, give hundreds of speeches. And I understand that you founded this with Anna, your daughter. Yes, yes. And my daughter and I also wrote a book together that changed our lives. Best thing I ever did, I think, in my in my work life is to. Um, travel the world with my daughter and write a book called Hope's Edge. It was her title, and I love it. We interviewed people, as she put it, that are pushing forward the edge of hope for the rest of us so that we can see the hope that is so motivating. And so we traveled you know, to India, to Brazil, and to Africa, and, and told the stories of who in, is making the connection with the earth and thriving, um, and it was life-changing. 
Well, I would like to save that for our next segment. And I'd love to hear more about that journey and the journey for hope for all of us, uh, what lessons we can take away and how we can be inspired ourselves and inspire others uh, to make the commitment to a sustainable world. So I encourage the audience to stay with us. We'll be back after a few commercials and we'll have the opportunity to be in dialogue about what could our future look like and how can we make that happen? Stay with us. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. And today is Earth Day. And 40, 50 years later, <laughs> we're still struggling with some of the, I think, the initial concepts about how to change the world and allow us to live in a much more sustainable uh, way of living. And I think with that has also come a maturity in thinking through what it does it mean to be sustainable. It isn't just a checklist, you know, bless you for going out and doing your recycling. That's great. But that's just one of many things that we need to be considerate of in terms of making our world a better place. Uh, Rick Bernardo is my co-host today. That's still me. Yes. And thank you again for bringing these great guests together for us today to, to share about sustainability. I'm so grateful to be able to connect with them on Connections Radio. <laughs> there we go. Terry Gibbs, Alliance for Sustainability. And we have Francis Moore-Lapay of the Small Planet Institute. Uh, if you've missed our show up until now, no worries. You can go back and you can go to our am950radio.com um, and then you can check out our podcast. You just click on the connections icon. Terry, thank you for joining us about the Alliance for Sustainability, uh, inspired by Francis. Uh, 40 years of really thinking through what could we do differently together um, with a vision of hope. And as uh, as we talk about hope, Frances Morlape was just sharing with us at the end of her segment, our last segment, uh, about the worldwide tour you did that you came away also with hope. I'd love to have this segment be on what is our hope? What, what, what ways can we be inspired to really look at not just doing the recycling, but committing ourselves to a better world that allows us to flourish. Um, I'm going to start with you, Francis, and because you, you, we, I, I did a cliffhanger with the audience saying that I'd love to hear <laughs> some more of your story uh, about the work that you did with Anna in preparing the book that you did together. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, we start with the, with the understanding that hope is power. Hope is power in the sense that it motivates us. Uh, power, the root meaning in, in Latin is to be able, uh, that, that we sense that we do have the capacity to act and act in a way that makes a difference. And so what was astounding for us is to go to, for example, to Kenya and meet the late Wangari Matai, who organized the Green Belt Movement after she saw the great devastation going on of deforestation in her country, and she said, no, 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 we must stop that. And she started plant, uh, organizing women in villages to plant trees. And when we were with her, she introduced us to Reverend Timothy Ninjoya, who was an inspiration. He had been, he had been threatened with, with death uh, by those who were fearful of his um, criticisms 
of the system and the government. And uh, he told us a story about the uh, assailants who came to his house and threatened him, and he responded with love toward them. Mm. And they then saved it. They did not kill him. They saved his life. And we said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Isn't fear just an automatic instinct and uh, that you'd have no control over? And he said, no, it is pure energy. Mm. And that moment oh. stayed with me forever that we can take our fear of loss and turn it into positive action. When I get scared, you know, in a public setting and my heart starts pounding, I say something kind of corny, but I say, hey, Frankie, that is your inner applause going off. <laughs> ah, that's wonderful. So, pure, that energy. So, pure yes, energy. Yeah. I, that's going to sink into my heart and stay there. I love it. And it's changed my life. And so one of the theme songs of almost everything I write and speech I give, speeches I, it is really about courage. And what is it that enables us uh, to feel that we're not just victims and we can be in courageous action and do what is scary? And I quote Eleanor Roosevelt, who said, mm. do something every day that scares you. Uh, well, what I... <laughs> and, what I also courage. love about the idea of courage, and you had talked about the root of, of um, uh, power, the root of courage, of course, is the French word cour, to do yes. with heart. So yes. to be able heart to do power. with heart, um, I think, is really what pulls together the sense of hope. Yes, yes. It's all about emotions and how gratifying it is. And, and I also recognize that to be courageous we are social creatures. Mm-hmm. So I, I say, look, find somebody more gutsy than you and <laughs> hang out with them, and you'll become more gutsy yourself. Mm-hmm. So this buddy system, I think, is really important. How we inspire one another is so key. And in, in yeah. looking at your programs that you have, Terry, um, we talked a little bit about the She Kindness Campaign. Um, you have workshops. You've got a, a podcast that folks um, should know about and, and listen to. But when we think about the hope, um, you bring thought leadership. That, that's part of your, your goal with your alliance, um, is that thought leadership to inspire, inform, empower, and engage citizens in aligning their behavior. How do you create that sense of hope? In, in Because change is always hard. And we're asking people to change how they think and what they can imagine. It's a great question. And one of the things I didn't know the answer to Francis Moore LaPay's question 40 years ago or a little more than that. I didn't know what the answer was. And then I found it, just like she did, just like mm-hmm. she found in talking with these various people around the world. That's what I found. These farmers that often were risking their lives to be able to support organic agriculture. And they were really making a difference. But they were also saving money, and they were getting even better yields in many cases. So there was a business case. <laughs> there, there was definitely a business case for it. Yeah. And I just sort of went, hey, we can do this. This is not hard. This is not bad. And one of the things that I've argued, I'm an agricultural economist, and one of the things that I've always argued is that if you had to pay the real price for things, conventional food would cost so much more than organic food. Nobody would buy conventional food Mm -hmm. if you have to pay for all the pollution and the health impacts. So 
I really have felt from that time on really hopeful mm -hmm. about the planet. And I just have really wanted people to know that they can actually save money and have a better life and have the kind of world that, you know, Francis Marlepe was talking about, that we can actually create that now. And, and maybe the other thing that I would just add is one of the transformational experiences of my life was when I went to Sweden. And I think this idea of having models and seeing other people who've done it. And what I witnessed in Sweden was extraordinary about how they literally turned things around. They went from a country that had the highest smoking rate in the world to the lowest, to actually implementing sustainability in business, in government, on all different levels. We can do the same thing. And it's just not that hard to do. And one of the tools that they shared with me was the work of Dr. Monfred Moxneef, who also, like Francis Marlepe, got the alternative Nobel Prize for his work in bottom-up, people-centered, sustainable development. And what he showed is that he goes, he expands on the work of Maslow and takes it to a whole new level. And So there's something beyond actualization. There, there is. There is. But it's also more holistic because it includes... Because, it, because that's just the individual exactly, instead of the global. It includes yeah. all of this and all of the other fundamental needs that we have for creativity, identity, meaning creativity, participation, freedom, mm -hmm. all of these transcendence, all of these other things we like to learn. Mm -hmm. These are all core. And where it really manifested for me was in when 9-11 happened, our entire country was in the question, like, what's my purpose? Why am I here? And people were asking, how can I make a difference? How can I contribute? That is our human nature. And but, even but, during COVID, we did our time out. Exactly. What, what's but up? but yeah. what did our president ask us to do in after 9-11? Go shopping. And every American knew that's not what they wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So the great news is people care deeply. Mm -hmm. But we've been brainwashed into thinking that we are consumers. In mm -hmm. fact, we're citizens. And that's been the, the, the core the work yeah. of, of Frankie's work for all of these years, that, that we do care, that we do matter, and that we can actually create something along the lines of what we can envision. And we can do that now. And what I'm also hearing from both of you is that it's through stories, it's yes. through understanding stories and being moved by those stories that allow us to make those changes. And when we hear about the worldwide commitment, it gives us a sense of call to action for ourselves as well. And the work of Terry Gibson, Francis Morlapay, is, I would say, deeply rooted in every wisdom and spiritual and uh, working functional tradition in human history. Absolutely. It's so clear that we've had these great, great guides for a long time, and we just need to listen to them and implement them. That's what they were calling us to do. And now we have that choice. We can make that choice. And when uh, I looked through your website, bringing the Swedish mm -hmm. <laughs> full yeah. circle uh, of your own inspiration, um, we've got, uh, you, you used a, a quote from Greta, Greta Thun yes. uh, Thunberg, um, right here, right now is where we can draw the line. Yeah. The world is waking up. The change is coming, whether you like it or not. Together and united, we are unstoppable. That to me is the hope as well, is that young person who's not so discouraged. Although she, she gives plenty of discouraging remarks about how we need to wake up. Um, but with that, that's that power. That's that courage and speaking truth to power uh, that I think will help uh, 
inspire change as well. I, I totally agree. And all of the, we have young uh, people, uh, students from around the country that work with the Alliance, and I'm so inspired by their energy and their commitment and their passion. And we need to have those voices actually rise and listen to them and support what we want. And the great news is that making this big transition that we're talking about starts with simple steps that actually make your life better, will save your money, you save save money, but also have you be healthier and have a better quality of life and meet your fundamental needs. This is not hard. And in our next segment, <laughs> we, I, I do need to make us uh, go to our next segment or at least go to commercials so that we can get into our next segment. Okay. We'll talk about those things. We'll talk about the things that we can do. And it's not just recycling. <laughs> These are things that can make our life much more powerful and connected and globally aware of the difference that we can make. Uh, it's all about hope. It's all about making change. Stay with us. We'll be right back and hopefully inspired to do just a bit more because you've made the connection. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we've been talking about Earth Day and sustainability and sustainability being something way bigger than a to-do list. It's about a way of thinking and being that will allow our humanity and earth to flourish. Hosting today with me has been Rick Bernardo, who also prepared bringing these guests in for the show. So thank you for yeah. that. And, and what I love about our discussion so far today is it's so much about not um, always doing, but how we create. Because we're at heart and in our guts and our being, we're, we're uh, creative beings. And we're really alive when that happens. So, so that's what we're talking about, how we can make that vision real. And joining us today has been Terry Gibbs, who was a co-founder of the Alliance for Sustainability. And that website is afors.org. Thank you, Terry, for joining us today. It's great to be with you. And Frances Moore-LePay, she joins us uh, representing the Small Planet Institute, as well as a noted author um, who has helped change the world in terms of thinking about um, how can we be together? Um, thank you, Francis Moore LaPay, for being with us today. My great honor. Thank you. Oh, it's been wonderful to have you here. I want to make sure that everyone knows about the fabulous 40th anniversary celebration, um, celebrating 40 years of sustainability and transforming our relationship with the earth and each other. Tell me about this, Terry Gibbs. Yes, we are so excited. On May 18th, that's a Thursday night, we will be celebrating our 40th anniversary of the Alliance for Sustainability. And um, it'll be just a wonderful, uplifting evening um, that will bring in uh, federal, state, and local uh, leaders to speak. And great, great food from French Meadow Bakery and Cafe in Minneapolis. Is that where it's going to take place? That's where it will be, yes. So great location. Um, And then our featured speaker is... Francis Moore LaPay. <laughs> oh. And we're going to have her have a chance. Who would have thought? 
not. <laughs> yes, really. We're going to have, you know, this is sort of the completion. So it's the 40th. So the first, the 20th, and the 40th. Exactly. Exactly. It's the completion of that uh, cycle with uh-huh. her. And we're actually going to look at, like, where was the world 40 years ago? Yeah. And the impacts and the changes that have taken place because of people coming together and really making a difference. And then we're going to talk about where we are now. And um, we're going to unveil some exciting new plans for making a difference in our 40th anniversary year. And then we're going to talk about the next 40. Where do we want to go? What's our vision for what we want to create? So we'll hear from Francis talking about that. And then we're going to have some amazing music um, by... Dear friends, uh, Larry Long, the Smithsonian Folkways recording artist, uh, who's fabulous, as well as with Mary Harris, uh, yeah. an award-winning actress and singer, songwriter. And so it's really, and then we're going to finish with a, a book signing uh, with Frankie LePay, which will be great. People can bring their books or buy books uh, there and a fabulous dessert social. And we can just come or do we need to pre-register? <clears throat> need to pre-register. And in fact, we only have 150 seats yeah. and they are going fast. So please go to our website at afors.org. You can get all the details. Um, And it's just going to be a wonderful evening. We'll be outside on the French Meadow patio. um, So it'll be beautiful May evening um, with Frankie and with all these other guests. And then uh, we're actually going to, you know, have this great music and inside and it'll be really a a wonderful evening. Um, And we have an early bird registration by May 25th. That's this Tuesday. Yeah, so you even get a discount. It's a great deal. It's only May 25th. May 25th. Early bird. Oh, I'm sorry. I take that back. (laughs) April 25th. (laughs) Sorry. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) April 25th is the early bird. That's this Tuesday. So get your tickets because we're going to sell out and. Um, and you're going to get a discount when you do it. It's $50 uh, for all of this to be able to have this great food and, and music and, and get to hear from Francis Moilepe and great connections. Francis Moilepe, I want to make sure that I also promote your website, smallplanet.org. We only have a couple minutes, but do you have any last comments that you'd like to have in making this when it was just starting at the 20-year and the 40-year mark? Any feelings about coming back now for the 40-year? Well, I, I just uh, love this opportunity to share the the core <laughs> um, shift of understanding that I've experienced is that I've learned that I don't have to be an optimist. Maybe that's requiring too much of people right now. And all that's really required of us is that we see a sense of possibility. Yeah. And so I've come to call myself a possibilist. I <laughs> yeah. love that. Our actions, it is possible, given that, uh, that as German philosopher Hans-Peter Durer said, there are no parts, only participants. Every All act right. we make, awesome. every act we make ripples out. So we never know, ultimately, the impact of our choices, but we know they do have impact. So I, I like that idea that um, that that um, hope is power and that I can remain a possibilist, therefore. And, and that we can participate in this upcoming 40th anniversary yeah. and, and at least be open to the possibilities of change. And in that, I believe we can start making that conversation happen with others. And if we can plant those seeds for conversation, for connections, for a better world, um, we've done a lot. And let's go back to that I, that pure energy. So how do we ride that? How do we navigate it as human beings? And this evening of the 40th anniversary uh, will be uh, an evening of energy. 
thank you both for all the work that you do to make our world a better place. Uh, I Again, one more time, April 25th, and give us the website for folks to yeah. be able to register. So early registration is this Tuesday, April 25th, um, and at afors.org, Alliance for Sustainability. And okay. today on Earth Day, make it a good day. Make it a day of hope and possibility. Thank you for joining Thanks. Connections Radio Show here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota.